It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Anthony Broom previewing Michigan against Michigan State. Thanks to everybody for watching. Drop a like on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Let's get this thing to 500 likes. Uh, also hit the subscribe button on the channel for more Michigan content. Uh, and thank you for listening on our audio feed as well. If you are doing so, make sure to head to the Wolverine.com. As always, $10 gets you premium access until next football season all the way through next August. So make sure to subscribe, get on our message board, all that good stuff. Uh, but let's get into Michigan-Michigan State in-state rivalry week. Uh, it is the 600th game that will be played at Michigan Stadium, the 115th meeting between Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan leads the series 71-38-5, to but is losers of two straight to the Spartans. 12th night game in Michigan Stadium history. Michigan 10-2 and in those matchups. 10-1 and with fans in the stands. Had the loss to Wisconsin in 2020. Uh, Anthony, let's start there with the night game atmosphere. Second one of the year, but first real big game night game uh and we had a rocking big house a couple weeks ago for the noon game against penn state but love these electric atmospheres with uh with the night crowd yeah there was a buzz it was interesting like a night game against hawaii isn't typically a game that's gonna get a lot of people fired up but given that that was jj mccarthy's first start there was a bit of a palpable buzz to that one and that of course was kind of rained on a bit and but in tempered some of the excitement, but yeah, this is, this is the first one of the year that is a, uh, it's a big one. I don't care what the record says about what Michigan state brings into the game or the fact that it took them a month uh, between wins and, and, you know, seven weeks before beating a power five team. This, this is a rivalry game. This is a trophy game. And this is a game that fans want to win badly. I think that the team wants to win badly. I think that the atmosphere, there's been a, um, I'll stop short of saying an overconfidence. There is a, the vibes on social media, just in the lead up to this game or, or just in the fan base in general, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, th this, this fan base wants blood. And I think this team wants blood too. The last two years, um, you know, we've talked about this before, just this Michigan state rivalry in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't asterisk next to wins and losses. Uh, the end result is the end result last year. Michigan State made more plays down the stretch when it was winning time, and, and Michigan didn't close out the game. And some of the other games, again, even going back to 2015, I know the trouble with the snap thing, you just had to make a play at the end of the game, and you didn't. So it's as simple as that. Um, there is a frustration with how this series has gone of late that I think has fans kind of salivating for this this moment, this atmosphere. Um, and let's be honest, like the MSU is not very good. Like if Michigan State or if Michigan comes out and plays – even just well, it should be a game they win by multiple scores. So this there's always there's always some guarded optimism. Some weird stuff happens when these two teams get together. Uncharacteristic stuff for Michigan happens when these two teams get together, which is probably the the biggest source of frustration uh, if you're a Michigan fan coming into this game. But um, you know, Michigan State has come to this game 
eight times with four more losses. Michigan has blown them out almost every time, I believe. I think the average margin of victory was around 25 points per game. Vegas line is at 23 as we do this podcast today. There is uh, there is more hype around this. I, I won't say hype, but the, people want this one. The team wants this one. The fans want this one. Um you know, there are there might be mitigating circumstances around why Mel Tucker is 0 and 2, or I'm sorry, 2 and 0 against Michigan, but it, it can't be 3 and 0. Michigan has to win this game. I think uh, by sheer of force, by sheer force of will, its fans on Saturday will make sure it happens. This isn't. Uh, this is going to be. I I expect an atmosphere similar to the Penn State game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. A fun one. I'm excited for Saturday night. Uh, before we get into this matchup a little bit more, just to run through that Michigan State schedule because it is kind of interesting uh, how their season has gone. They struggled early in that Western Michigan game, made the score 35-13, you know, look a little bit better maybe than the game went. Then they blow out Akron 52 to nothing. And then you had, uh, what, four straight losses, Washington, Minnesota, Maryland, and Ohio State. They come back. They win that game in double overtime against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Get that confidence going into the bye, and here they are. I will say this is a 3-4 and four team, but this is a 3-4 and four team that has some pretty good individual talent. Obviously, we'll talk about that here in a second as well as the YouTube viewers can kind of see the schedule, how it's played out for Michigan State picking up that first Big Ten win of the season a couple weeks ago. Uh, let's start with the Michigan offense against a Michigan State defense that is much healthier than it was during that four-game losing streak, which I think is really important coming into this game. Xavier Henderson, their captain and safety, is back. Uh, he played against Wisconsin with a brace on his knee. Jacob Slade at the defensive tackle spot uh, is also back. He played you know, maybe a little more limited than normal uh, snaps-wise, but he was back against Wisconsin. And then the most interesting move, perhaps, of the season for Michigan State and coaching decision was moving Jacoby Winman, the UNLV transfer who started the year as a defensive end for Michigan State, moving him to middle linebacker. He was outstanding uh, against Wisconsin, had 11 tackles, couple for loss, interception, and the forced fumble in double overtime to kind of you know lead to that win where they were able to cap it off there with a touchdown. So he is a fantastic player. Six forced fumbles on the season that leads the nation. Um, immediate thought there is you think of a guy like Donovan Edwards who kind of carries it out here with, you know, doesn't always protect the ball as well. They're going to be, I mean, they know those types of tendencies, especially coming off of a bye and will be going after things like that. But uh, overall though, you know, well, you can talk about some of those good players they have on defense. It hasn't been a unit that has played well, even when they were healthy, 110th nationally against the pass 80th nationally against the run. Um, they've allowed plenty of big plays uh, I do think from a Michigan standpoint, Michigan's going to come out and try to run the ball, establish the run, you know, and people may get frustrated by that. But at the same time, that's the identity of this team. That's what this team has done all season long and really for the last year and a half. But they want to be balanced. Ron Bellamy said that on Wednesday, and I think they can be against this Michigan State team. Um, they didn't come out and plan on running the ball 55 times against Penn State, but that's just kind of how the game went. And you're not going to stop yourself. I don't think they're going to plan to do that against Michigan State either, but I and I think they want to be balanced and they'll kind of take what's there. And I think there's going to be opportunities against a Michigan State secondary that has been really bad the last couple of years under Mel Tucker and you know Xavier Henderson or not or you know whatever they've had some other injuries back there or not. 
It's not a good secondary. Uh, the deep shots could be there looking at some of the stats. They have the worst passer rating in the country uh, allowed on throws of 20 plus yards in the air. Those are the it's kind of been the hot topic around JJ McCarthy this year is can he when's he going to connect on those deep balls? It could be Saturday night. Over the last five games, Michigan State's allowed 11 completions, including five touchdowns on deep balls. Um, so those those could be there. And uh, if Michigan State's going to try to stack the box and stop Blake Corum in the run game, then they might be there even more, and we could see some big plays. But if Michigan doesn't capitalize on those, that could play into Michigan State's hands too. Yeah, if I'm Michigan State, I think, and good luck with this, but I think the, the game plan starts with, how do we slow down Blake Corum? How do we kind of be the hammer and not the nail against Michigan's offensive line? Because, you know, even if, you know, I, I can see a scenario where this is a physical game early on and, and both teams are kind of struggling to get their footing. There's some bi-week rust to knock off. And then water finds its level later and the Michigan offensive line and run game sort of takes over and that's where things pull away late. So I think it starts – if you're Michigan State, I mean, it's it's for them. It's great to have like Xavier Henderson's the heart and soul of their defense. Jacoby yeah. Winman has been uh, terrific in whatever they've asked him to do, and, and he's kind of been an outlier on that defense mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. So, like they're, you know, they're going to do everything they can. Um, listen, if they if JJ McCarthy beats them throwing the ball forty times in this game on Saturday, I don't want to say they can live with that, but it's 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 the risk you take when you play the odds. Um, you know, if you're if you're just gonna let this Michigan team run on you, you're you're screwed. You're in trouble. So defensively, they they figured some things out against Wisconsin. They did were able to be a little more schematically flexible and having some of those guys back and and moving windmen around and things like that too. But again, it's also Wisconsin. I mean, this is a team that yeah, they looked great the week before that at Northwestern, but Northwestern's terrible. Uh, Wisconsin, Paul Christ was fired in large part because their offense was terrible and they regressed in so many areas. So again, it, it was still, again, I'm not taking anything away from them. Like for them to be able to get that win and then go into a bye week and you have two weeks to prepare for Michigan, that was probably the best case scenario for them. So they're going to, and and I expect Michigan to do this too, now that you've had that extra week to prepare, there's going to be some things they throw out there that you haven't seen on film yet. It's about the adjustments you make, um, staying within yourself. Uh, again, the key for Michigan is, is not making that big mistake. JJ has been a little loose with the football. Donovan Edwards has had the, the ball punched out before. Um, you know, just, you got, you got to hold on to the ball and not make mistakes. And I'll stop. Like, you don't want to be risk averse. You want to still be aggressive and do what you do well. But to me, we talk about, the path I wrote about this earlier on Thursday, like what is Michigan state's path to making this a football game look like it starts with Michigan turning the ball over and not being able to run the football. And, and the good thing for Michigan is that when you go through what Michigan state's path to a potential competitive game or, or God forbid an upset is it's a lot of things that are uncharacteristic of what Michigan has shown over the first several weeks of the season. So like you're still pretty confident. I'll stop. It's not, you know, I'll stop short of saying it's going to be a name your score type of game. But I do think when push comes to shove and you weather that early storm, you get some of that rust off. I do think you can pretty much take whatever this defense gives you. Uh, It's not, it's not a good unit and there's not really a ton of, you know, you look at games like this and these rivalry games and big time games, 
I don't see NFL players on that Michigan State defense right now, or at least high-impact guys. I see a lot more of those type of guys on Michigan on offense, on the offensive line, at running back, at quarterback, a couple guys at wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how I would rate it going into this game. There, there are things to be on high alert for, but uh, even last year when Michigan State's defense was healthy, and this is no disrespect to Cade McNamara, but Cade McNamara threw for almost 400 yards against them. So it's like, I don't know that things are that much different. And I think in a lot of areas, it's probably a little bit worse for Michigan State. Yeah, two out of the last three meetings against Michigan State, Michigan's quarterback has gone for over 300 yards passing. Or Milton might have even been close with just the amount they threw in that game. But if you kind of throw 2020 out a little bit. Um, so I think those opportunities are going to be there. And you bring up the point of, if you're Michigan State, you can't go into this game and, and, and allow Michigan to run the ball on you. But at the same time, your secondary has been so bad that if you commit all your resources towards the line of scrimmage and in the box, you know, then you're going to give it up through the air as well. So it, it's going to be interesting. And Jacob Slade helps. I know everyone talks about that. Well, maybe he's one of those guys who can, you know, try to stop the run, but he's one guy on a defense that hasn't done a lot right this year. They're allowing four yards of carry. Um, and then pulled a stat earlier as well. When you look at stacking the box, Indiana is kind of that blueprint, what we saw, especially in the first half of that game. And then Michigan opened it up through the air in the second half. But Indiana had eight or more defenders in the box on 16 Michigan runs two games ago. Michigan still averaged 4.4 yards per carry on those runs. Corum went for 124 yards on the day. 50 of them came on one run in the first drive. But, uh, you know, Michigan's still proven to be effective in those situations as well. Um, I think we should shift over to the other side of the ball where things are maybe a little bit more interesting given, again, it, it's kind of a unit for Michigan State. It's kind of similar to their defense where there are some really good players and standout guys, but then overall it, it's just not uh, you know, put together that well. And the offensive line is an issue. That's a reason for that. But um, I look at the running back core. I actually like the running back core with Jalen Berger from Wisconsin Jarek Broussard from Colorado, uh, from Colorado, excuse me. I believe he was Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year, something like that, last season. Then Elijah Collins, who's playing a little bit better as of late, uh, been at Michigan State for a while now. I believe he's a fifth-year senior, but they're only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. That is not good. Uh, Peyton Thorne hasn't really taken that next step in his development. Also believe he's a little bit banged up uh, or has been throughout the season. Uh, thrown some picks, had some mistakes. Then the wide receiver core is really where they're strong with Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman on the outside, and then Trey Mosley in the slot. And those are deep ball threats. And I think, Anthony, we, we agreed. We talked about this on our Monday show where Michigan State's going to take some chances in the pass game, and they're going to try to pick up some chunk yardage there and maybe catch Michigan off guard a little bit, try to go with some tempo maybe after they get a big play, things like that, the, kind of the formula you saw a year ago. I don't know that that is going to work. Um and specifically on that, looking at the numbers, Michigan has allowed just three deep balls to be completed on them. That's 20 or more yards in the air this season on 23 attempts. 11 of those were deemed catchable passes. Uh, so a really good uh, rate there. And that's the best completion percentage for defense, the lowest, which is good for defense in the country on those types of situations. So Michigan's been strong there. Michigan State has proven they can go up and, and throw some of those, but uh, what do you see out of kind of the matchup between the Michigan State offense and the Michigan defense? 
Yeah, well, we talk about uncharacteristic things that can happen. You know, I like I like the personnel in terms of Berger and Broussard and Elijah Collins. Like on the paper, that looks like a formidable kind of three-headed monster, so to speak. Yes. But they haven't they haven't run the ball consistently enough. I mean, they are. I think uh, you may have just said it. I spaced out there for a second, but uh, I, ran, I, I was rambling on. So 116th uh, ranked rush offense. Like yeah. you can't that team can't, like you can't let them move the like you can't let them move the chains if they can run the ball that's going to do the same thing for their offense as it would for Michigan's offense it's going to open up the possibilities in the passing game and you know if there is a position group that i would i would maybe give Michigan State the edge in this game i think it would be maybe at wide receiver given the fact that Jaden Reed i mean he may um that that guy is just an incredible football player Call it, like calling it as it is. He's a, he's really fun to watch. And he's a guy that Peyton Thorne trusts a lot. And there are times it's like, there are times this year where, uh, you know, I don't think DJ Turner has quite take, you know, he's been good. I don't know yeah. that he's taken the step that I thought he might take Jamon green has, but then again, Jamon green was a guy who, and he's played a lot of football and gotten a lot better since this, but in that 2021 game or the 2020 game at the big house, they're just chucking, basically closing their eyes, chucking the ball down the field and, you know, hoping that there's either a pass interference or there's a big play that's made down the field. So I can see Thorne, Thorne is capable of beating you. There are times where Peyton Thorne is locked in and he looks as good as any quarterback in the big 10, but you know, I think he kind of is what his number says he is this year. He's, he's not super efficient. He's completing about 65% of his passes, but He's thrown seven picks. Now he's been better over the last three weeks or so. Um, but th this is, uh, you know, this is all about making that offense one dimensional too. Like don't let them be balanced. Um, it it's a scenario where like, I think if you want, it's kind of the flip side where I think that you want them to put the, the game in the hands of Peyton Thorne and you give him all these dropbacks and that's more, opportunities for your pass rush to get home which that's another key again you look at this kind of this guide for them to some quote-unquote make it interesting it's like a it's like a 12-step program to how they can find a way to make win this game in ann arbor so yeah it is i think it starts with the pass rush it has started with the pass rush uh the back end has to be on a little higher alert at least in pass coverage because Jaden reed is so good i think keon coleman's a guy that's come around Trey Mosley is a guy that has improved. So they, um, I know Jim Harbaugh said it's the best receiving core they've, they've seen this year. I would still probably give that edge to Maryland at this point, yeah. but it's not that far off. Uh, and I, I think that when push comes to shove, um, I think that Thorne, uh, if he's on his a game, he can be a better quarterback than, you know, Talia Tagovailoa is. So it's, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. That's their, that is their path to to this football game is is can they generate big plays? Can they make the big plays when they matter the most? Um, you know, there's not a Kenneth Walker that's going to walk through the door and save them in this game. So it, yeah. it has to be a by group thing. And, and Jaden Reed is one of those guys who, who has the ability to break this game open. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to keep those guys in front of you and just get to the quarterback too. Uh, that that's, I think that's the biggest key is, is getting there and showing the continued steps that this pass rush has taken over the first seven weeks of the season. I agree. It will be interesting to see what they do with Jaden Reed 
most of the time this year and even a year ago with Steve Klinska, they kind of leave the corners, you know, just on one side of the field and let them line up with whoever's out there. Do they have DJ Turner follow Jaden Reed? I think Jamon Green is good enough where you don't have to really change up your plan there. But depending on situation, we could see if he starts getting a ton of targets and, and receptions, them switch that up. So that'll be kind of the chess match within uh, the game. And, and I, sorry, I'd not to interrupt. I didn't say no. this either. Can you get lined up right during tempo? Can you not yeah. get caught doing the substitution thing? I, I mean, I think they will um, because it's just been such a big emphasis. But at the same time, we've seen a few times. And look, you, you watch college football and teams that go tempo. Like I was watching games last week, you know, much more than normal because it was the bye, obviously, and, and we didn't have to cover a game. Like there were times where you're watching other teams go tempo and the opponent isn't quite set. You know, a guy's kind of, you know, just getting in his stance and things like that. So it, it happens. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply uh here and there but michigan i think hopefully learned its lesson jesse minter laughed yesterday uh you know when he was asked have you watched that game from last year he's like oh yeah a few times quite a few times so it's probably uh, part of his job interview honestly exactly it it was according to that report that you know jim harbaugh had those guys that were interviewing for the defensive coordinator job come in with a plan to stop michigan state and and ohio state and that is you know what this week is about right now coming off of what happened a year ago you're right. There's no Kenneth Walker to bail him out. But I do st- still think for Michigan, the formula is that run wall that Jim Harbaugh continues to talk about and has been so good rallying to the football. He's the get to coach now, uh, not the get back coach, but the get get to the ball. So they're trying to get more hats to the football and, you know, put this game on Peyton Thorne's, you know, throwing arm and, and make him win the game with those receivers. And, you know, see if they can do that. But um, if Michigan yeah. State starts to have some success on the ground in moving the ball, then it kind of opens up their playbook. And again, it's not a dangerous offense, but I, I feel like we are talking about this game in the terms of like the worst case at times, just because that's kind of what this matchup is. Michigan should roll, but you just never know. Because we're jaded. That's why <laughs> we've seen it before to yeah. quote. Uh, I've seen this movie before to quote our cohort, Chris Ballas. So, um, weird stuff can happen. And that, and that's the other thing too, is that there is, there is an element of, you know, there, there is an element of throw the records out. Anything can happen. And, you know, at a certain point, like if Peyton, like if, he, if Michigan goes down in this game because Peyton Thorne threw for 450 yards and five touchdowns, like you just kind of have to like throw your arms up because I don't know what else to, I, I will. Have yeah, I, that's, that ain't going to happen. But, it's not. No. Yeah. Um, 
I think the important thing is that, you know, when we talk about this matchup in general and this rivalry is that the bus ride, right? We've talked about that a lot with players over the last couple of weeks and that that hurt, that sucked. And, and when you feel like, when you feel like you're the better team and you don't make the plays to close it out, that sticks with you. And there is uh, you know, this, this program slayed a lot of narratives last year. This is one that no matter like this one lingers and this one, I, I feel like I, we haven't heard about a beat Michigan state drill. Like we've heard about the beat Ohio drill last year, but um, this one stuck with this group. Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about prepping for uncharacteristic things that might happen, I, I again, you, you got to guard. There's a fine line between being over be, between being overconfident and just being confident in general. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be over emotional and take the penalties and give them an extra 15 yards or, or give them an opportunity to, to make a play that wasn't already there. But I like the makeup of this group. And, and I think for all the, you know, for all the talk from on these podcasts that we do, radio hits that we do, radio hits that other people do, there's always this guarded optimism. Like I, I feel like it's more likely than not that this team handles its business and, and, and takes care of it. And because they have now for, you know, 19 of the last 20, 21 games, but one of those two games was against this team and that doesn't sit right with them. Yeah. And it is fair to point out it was against a very good Michigan state team. This does not appear to be that. And I, I do kind of, you know, well, Jim Harbaugh's resume against Michigan state is not good at three and four. I still do push back a little bit on the, you know, this total upset type of thing. And, you know, the miracles that, that Michigan state's pulling off 2020 was looked at as a miracle because Michigan had come off of a big win, quote unquote, at Minnesota against, you know, in front of no fans and Michigan State had just turned the ball over, what, six or seven times against Rutgers, mm-hmm. their first Big Ten win since 2017. I mean, they were both two-win teams that year in yeah. shortened season. So th- that was kind of the one that – and it, it doesn't take stunk. anything away, but what's that? They both stunk. It's yeah. still – you know, it still hurt. It wasn't a miracle, sure. but it was a disappointment. Right, um, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do, I do think Michigan and Michigan fans should feel confident going into this game. Uh, Absolutely. As, as Chris Ballas wrote today in his keys to the game, I mean, if there was, it wasn't the, you know, green and white coming in here. And if it wasn't that logo, there probably wouldn't be as much concern. And I don't think there really is a ton of concern. I think Michigan's going to win pretty big. We're going to get to our predictions here, but going through the matchup and looking at, you know, kind of the things that could hurt Michigan potentially. Um, the other stuff is kind of the unsaid stuff. I mean, Michigan's more talented, better coached. And, and should win this game pretty handily. Um, let's get into our predictions on that note. Uh, but before we do, we'll talk about Prize Picks, our sponsor. Uh, football is in full swing. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, this week, 
made a couple picks, and I am going to go more than 220 and a half passing yards for J.J. McCarthy against Michigan State. And, and I will explain my reasoning here, Peyton Thorne, Michigan State quarterback, more than 215 and a half passing yards. I think Michigan State's going to be down most of the game. They're going to throw. He's going to get past that number, but not in an impressive effort. Uh, Hutch, our great producer, has Travis Etienne, Jacksonville Jaguars running back, more than 69 and a half rushing yards. He also says nice uh, 0.5 rushing <laughs> yards. Uh, they play the Broncos in London on Sunday morning. And then A.J. Brown, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, more than 67 and a half receiving yards. They play the Steelers. I like that pick as well. Uh, Anthony, what do you got this week? I am going with a Big Ten East quarterback appetizer platter, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I'm going with three picks this week. I'm going J.J. McCarthy more than 17 and a half completions. I am going C.J. Stroud more than 300.5 passing yards against Penn State. And I am going Peyton Thorne less than 19.5 pass completions. He'll be somewhere around like 19 for 35. So hopefully both of those hit for us on Thorne. Uh, but that's what I have this week. So I uh, appreciate everyone who uh, get in on this prize pick stuff and let us know who you have picked as well. I mean, this has been a lot of fun to track throughout the year. Uh, the folks at prize picks have been amazing uh, to us and and we can, you know, help you help you along here. So, yeah, hopefully, honestly, I'd be fine with my pick not winning, um, but we'll take yours. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, get in on prize picks. As Anthony said, tweet at us, hit us up on the message board. Uh, happy to discuss any of those picks. It is fun. Sometimes you just get lost for a few minutes looking at all the numbers, the projections for the games uh, coming up that weekend. They also have all different sports as well. Uh, download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Our predictions for Michigan and Michigan State. I uh, believe our staff predictions article is up at the Wolverine.com. So go check that out. Excited to read what Chris has in his uh in the body portion of the article there because it's always comical, uh, you know, a little, little satire every week. And uh, especially on this week worth the read. Um, oh, Michigan... it's not satire. That's how he feels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll let him speak for himself, but uh, potentially not satire, potentially not satire. No, he does a great um, job. Michigan 23 point favorite. Now the line has moved up. Uh, last I saw it over under 55 points. I'll let you start, Anthony. What do you have for your prediction this week? Yeah. Like like I said before, like Michigan set four goals ahead of this season. It was beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, win the national title. And that's that makes what comes on Saturday the first chance to really achieve what they set out in front of them. And all of the cliches apply. Throw the records out. Uh, the Michigan game is Sparty Super Bowl. Blah, 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 blah. No matter what's on the line, no matter what the record is, Michigan's always going to get MSU's best shot. And whether that means it's just early on, whether that means it's a four-quarter game, we'll see. But uh, stat for you, uh, Michigan State is 0-4 this season when they do not force multiple turnovers in a game. 
Michigan has only turned the ball over four times all season long. So one would think Michigan State is going to try to get Michigan to turn over the football. They're going to dare JJ to try and beat them uh, with a big mistake like he made uh, in last year's game, kind of looming in the back of our brains here. But this is what I see happening. And I've said this all week. I think I even said it on our Monday show. Michigan State will probably get the ball first. They will probably run the greatest scripted drive to start a game in the history of, forget American football, just, profe- or just sports in general. I mean, it will be a testament. The ghost of the Spartan past will be with them as they try to knock off the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. It's not going to happen. I think it will be a little bit tight. I could see like a 17-10, 17-14 game at the half, but... I think what will happen is what has happened in these Michigan games is that about two and a half quarters in Michigan starts to settle in and take over Uh, that offensive line takes over. And I think that Paul Bunyan comes home as a result. Uh, I have Michigan winning 45 to 24 MSU covering that spread. MSU is six and two in their last eight games against the spread uh, versus Michigan differing uh, circumstances and scenarios. But uh, I do have Michigan winning this one big and bringing Paul Bunyan home. It's it's overdue. It is overdue. Yeah. As I think Mike Morris, uh, one of the players said that Mike Morris got up and and gave some wise words after practice, I believe last week and said, there's dust growing where Paul should be. So uh, it's about time he comes home. I I think he will. Uh, They'll bring him over from East Lansing, uh, you know, graciously. And I believe he will stay. (laughs) Uh, I believe he will stay and will be paraded around the field as is, Apparently the new tradition as of a few years ago, and we'll uh, settle his way uh, outside that locker room. Maybe John Falk will be there. Go ahead, Anthony. What do you got? Question for you. Yeah. If slash when, I will say if slash when, Michigan does win this game, are they putting maize pants on Paul or blue pants? That's a really good question. I think it has to be maize. I think it has to be maize. I think so too. Uh, and I doubt they, I mean, I don't want to, you know, underestimate them but i doubt they're prepared for the like i think they're wearing blue pants by the way and as you know as well in the blue jerseys but um i think it'll be may's pants and i think it's gonna look really good it's, I think it's gonna look damn good to see him sitting there next to the little brown jug as well outside of that locker room i got michigan winning uh believe i said 39 to 13 or something like that 39 to 14 um let me get that for accuracy real quick. <laughs> um, Like you, I think it could happen like that where Michigan State comes out swinging. We saw even in 2016, uh, you know, when Michigan State finished the year three and nine, they were up seven, nothing in that game. LJ Scott with a touchdown early. Uh, and then Michigan, you know, it ended up being a nine point game at the end, but it was kind of weird with Michigan State scoring late and everything, trying to go for two and all that, as we know, but uh you know, I think that could happen. I also think Michigan could start fast in this game and, you know, just kind of keep the pedal to the metal and Michigan State scores a couple times throughout the game, but it's really never close. So I could see it going a number of ways, but all the scenarios, just about all of them that I see playing out include a Michigan win at the end. Um, and I do have them covering the number. I was torn about that all week. I was really saying it's a lot of points, too many points, but there's just something about it. Uh, I think that score is kind of what I'm going with. Um, can I, can I make one final point before we move on? Of course. Um, of course. I believe I, I did a hit earlier before we recorded this. Um, something that sticks out and something to keep an eye on. 
Michigan State, I believe Michigan State's red zone defense is one of the better, you know, when they get down there and you shrink the field, the field shrinks on them. I think they're converting that or, or not, opponents are having a rough time converting that. And Michigan has had a tough time down there. So that that's, I'm, I'm interested. Something I'm looking for is a little more creativity in the red zone play calling. I think that's regardless of what Michigan State throws at them. I think that should be an emphasis regardless. Um and one final point on this game before we we move on here is, you know, for all of the, you know, there, there's a bit of battered Wolverine syndrome coming into this game because of, you know, having lost the last two and, and Michigan State is 10 and four the last 14 games in this series, which is insane to think about a lot of mitigating circumstances there. But again, I don't put asterisks next to it. If you are a team, if you are a program, that is making the leap to be in the conversation with the Georgias and the Ohio States and the Clemson, where you're in that playoff picture every single year moving forward. This is a game that like, you just, you just can't let this be a close game. It needs to be, it needs to look emphatic. I mean, we'll take the win, but it needs to look emphatic. It needs to be clean uh, because this is a bad Michigan State team. This isn't a, a Michigan State team that's had some bad breaks. This is a bad Michigan State team. And good Michigan teams, great Michigan teams, have historically taken care of business in this type of matchup and done so emphatically. And that I think for us to feel good about what comes next, that needs to be what happens. Just win, baby. That's all I got to say. But actually, to not to burst your bubble, but – uh, Michigan State's opponents are actually scoring touchdowns on two-thirds of their red zone trips. Uh, they rank tied 97th nationally, unless I'm looking at it wrong. Uh, allowed 18 red zone touchdowns, only forced five field goals. Um, well, I'm an idiot, so no, we can I mean, move on from that. <laughs> no, but I, I just thought I was looking it up to try to validate your stat, but I am Maybe pleasantly it was some- surprised. It may, maybe that was an improvement in the Wisconsin game. I have no idea. Like I didn't have, I didn't even have enough time to research it before I jumped on here. So probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but no, um, the point stands to bring up even get, in this get, way. It, the point stands just win the, win the game and, and improve and do what you have to do. So no, your, your point absolutely stands. Just... I'll take it. So, that is our score predictions. Um, offensive player of the game, who do you got? JJ McCarthy. I, I don't, I mean, I just feel like they're going to dare. Like, I felt to a certain extent that Penn State would dare him to win a game. Michigan kept running the ball, and it wound up being, I mean, the offensive line and, and the running backs took over. But I think we're. JJ hasn't had a J like a JJ McCarthy has arrived game yet. I mean, if you want to argue the Hawaii game was that fine, but um, I think this opponent and this, this matchup will bring the best version of him that we've seen to this point. So I'll go with JJ McCarthy. I have JJ McCarthy as well. That secondary, they're not getting a ton of pressure right now. He's mobile. He's going to be able to make some plays with his feet as well. Um, I'm going to go with him. The safe bet every week is just Blake Corum and Hutch. Our producer knows this by, you know, by nature of, you know, picking JJ at times and prize picks. And then Blake ends up being the guy. And yeah, he, he doesn't <laughs> like Blake Corum very much, but uh, you know, I do think in this game, JJ is going to probably go for 300 yards. And, you know, we've seen, as we mentioned, Shea Patterson did that in 19 
uh, you know, and we saw Cade McNamara go for 383 a year ago, even in a loss. So uh, I'm going to go with JJ defensive side of the ball, a little bit of a wild card pick, but I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Iabi Oki over the last few weeks. There was a buy in there. So that's obviously a huge reason. And then he didn't do a ton against Penn state that I remember, but you know, Michigan state's offensive line, not great. Peyton Thorne is not very good under pressure. I think he's going to impact this game. He's going to get a sack or two. And I, I will say this as well. Like that buy was big for a lot of guys, but maybe none bigger than Iabi Oki. He's got his feet wet. He's playing more each week. He's picking up on more of the playbook. And as Jesse Minter said yesterday, Wednesday, that, you know, he's just kind of picked up everything so smoothly that they keep adding more to his plate. And I think by this time of the year, he's ready to take on an even bigger role and, He's just athletic, and and I think he's one of the more talented guys on the field, to be quite honest, and I think he's going to make an impact. That's a good pick. Uh, something I like about him is that during that Indiana game a few weeks back, uh, Indiana, another team that likes to go tempo, yes. Michigan just kind of – there were entire drives where they just let Ayabi Oki go out there and do his thing and Derek Moore go out there and do his thing. So I think that uh, if memory serves me correct – Michigan didn't really see tempo before that Michigan state game last year. I have to go back and look, but I like that. They've seen that now. Um, Nebraska got them on a couple. Okay. Uh, but you're right. Nebraska, but I feel like Indiana was the one where it's like, that's yes. what that's their offense. That's what they run the whole game. So yes, yes. I like that guys like Iabioki and Derek Moore passed that test already. Uh, that's a long winded intro for me to say. I think that we're overdue for a big DJ Turner game. Uh, I think yep. that he's probably him and Jamon Green would probably one A and one B to me. I mean, it's uh, you know I think you know I, I don't want to say that if you take Jaden Reed out of this game that Michigan State can't move the football because they have two other quality guys. But if you find a way to limit what Jaden Reed does, I mean, Michigan State's chances of this being competitive just goes down so far because he is the one game breaking guy uh, that got, he got Michigan last year. So it's um, th- those are the guys I'm looking at. And also, shout out to uh, the tip of the spear, uh, Mozzie Smith. I think he's in for a big game as well. Speaking of the Jaden Reed kind of matchup, Keon Coleman has done a good job. He's come down with some big catches. But Peyton Thorne's completion percentage down to 60% when he's targeting Keon Coleman. Uh, that sounds decent for a completion percentage, but it's the lowest on the team among guys with you know over 10 targets. And it's really, when you look at those completion percentages for a lot of those guys, it's 70, 80%, 90 at yeah. times. So they really haven't connected that well, even though they've hit on it, a few big plays. It, so it, has improved. Big yeah. it has improved with Coleman. Uh, at one point earlier this year, it was at like 35%. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. It was real bad. There. But it's still not, I mean, for them, where you want to see it. But it'll be interesting. I'm so intrigued by, that's the one matchup in this game where I'm like, mm, we'll see. Yeah. And I think, yeah, um, Michigan will have some help there too, probably on him bracket and stuff like that. But yep. um, we'll see how that plays out. Excited to see that. Let's move on, though, to our picks for around college football. Really only two games that we'll pick this week just because a lot of teams on bye again this weekend and there aren't a ton of marquee matchups that uh, we're interested in. So we'll we'll do one Big Ten game and then one game involving Michigan's independent rival, their uh, quote-unquote friend down there in South Bend. But we'll start with Ohio State at Penn State. Penn State, 
a 15 and a half point dog at home over under 61 points. I'm going to take, it's really tough because Ohio state could cover this I'll, I'm, but I am going to take Penn state, but Ohio state has the capability to cover any spread that you throw out there. And even with what happened and kind of, you know, how much of a struggle it was last week against Iowa, they still covered that easily. So um, I could see that, but Penn state seems to play in tough at home. I'll take, I'll take that 15 and a half. I kind of like that number with giving a little leeway there. You get the two touchdowns. So I feel like this is one that we could get made fun of by Chris Ballas for next week. Similar to what was it? The Wisconsin was it Nebraska or Nebraska and Oklahoma was the one he gave us a lot of crap for. I'm going to go with Penn state. Uh, Ohio state hasn't played. Um, it doesn't seem like they've played a competitive game in a while. And, and I think that, even in those stretches of seasons where you have a dominant team, you've still got a couple that are close and, and Michigan knows better than most how tough it is to go to happy Valley, let alone win in happy Valley. And Penn state does play them close. I don't know that Penn state will win, but I do think that they will, you know, they will provide a nice physical uh, challenge and, and a test for this Ohio state team. Okay. So yeah, we could get clipped for that. Um, Last pick, Notre Dame at Syracuse. Syracuse, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home in the Dome, over under 48 points. I watched just about every snap of that Syracuse-Clemson game last weekend. was very frustrating. The Syracuse went into a shell, couldn't do anything in the second half. They uh, Clemson helped out with some penalties that were questionable. I got Syracuse, though. I, I, you know, Maybe it was just me rooting for them against Clemson, but I kind of gained an affinity. For Syracuse last week, their quarterback, uh, Schrader, um, I believe it is. Pretty good, pretty gutsy, can can run a little bit. Hutch has given me the thumbs up, our research department. Apparently, I got the name right. So I'm going to go with Syracuse to cover this. Uh, Notre Dame is just too much of a wild card for me to, to really bet on or pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I don't know why I feel this way. I, it's just a gut feel on this one. I haven't done a ton of research on the game. Uh, I liked yeah. what I saw. This feels like, uh, you know, I don't I don't think Dino Babers is a very good coach. And this feels like a situation where one loss turned like, it's, uh, you know, one loss turns into two losses and whatnot. So, you know, Penn State will probably get smacked around next week at home by a Clemson. But this feels like a weird spot where they find a way to win a game and kind of take advantage of opponent that might be feeling a little down on itself after letting one slip away last week. So I'll go Notre Dame. I will say I like the under here. Uh, Syracuse, good defense. Notre Dame's offense has been inept at times. And Syracuse offense, not the greatest in the world, even though I do like their quarterback. And running back is sick. Only ran him like five times last week. So you're right on the coaching. I there, There's a good chance that if, if there's a Notre Dame game on our card, I'm betting the under. So, yeah, that's just fair. how it goes. <laughs> um, so that's going to be our show for this week, previewing Michigan, Michigan state. Enjoy the game. Everybody hope to see you at the big house. Make sure to follow us at the Wolverine.com for all your coverage. Hit that subscribe button on the channel here. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up as well. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.